0: Dive into a world of untold narratives with the podcast that explores the unseen quadrant of the Jahari window of our lives. Here, we uncover the hidden stories and unspoken truths of extraordinary individuals, revealing what others don't know about us, but what we know about ourselves. This is The Bottom Left Pain. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of The Bottom Left Pain where we explore the diverse and intriguing stories hidden beneath the surface of everyday lives. In this episode, I'm excited to introduce Yuko Sasaki, a dynamic individual with a journey that spans continents and cultures. Born and raised in Japan, Yuko embarked on an adventurous path that led her to the United States, where she's now been residing for nearly a decade. Her journey is not just about geographical relocation, but also about embracing new challenges, navigating cultural differences, and finding her place in the vast and varied American landscape. Join us as we dive into Yuko's story, discovering the motivations behind her move, the challenges she faced, and the lessons she learned along the way. It's a tale of determination, adaptation, and the pursuit of dreams across the Pacific. All right, guys. Well, today I have... uh... Yuki here today, or Yuko, I'm sorry, my bad. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. So, Yuko, if you want, please go ahead and share with us, you know, just a little bit about you and, you know, what do you do and, you know, who you are.
1: Hi, Um. thanks for your time, Louis. Um. Okay, my name is Yuko. I was born and raised in Tokyo, Japan. Um, I studied English in Japan and came to United States um, about nine years ago um spent uh one year in new york and then um seven years six years in la and now i live in Irvine, california
0: nice and what do you do for work
1: um i am working in the restaurant industry um the J- japanese chain uh japanese restaurant chain i'm working for the headquarter
0: wow yeah, I mean, sounds pretty awesome. Sounds like a lot of work.
1: Yeah, it's been great. I love I love what I do.
0: Nice. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would like to ask you, you know, you said that you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned that you just came to the U.S. maybe, um, you know, less than a decade ago, right? So can mm-hmm. you take us back to the moment when you made the decision to really uproot your life and move from Japan to the United States? Like, what were some of the driving factors behind, you know, this really significant change?
1: Um... So when I was about around 25 years old, I used to work at the security firm. I was working um, at the French security firm in Tokyo. Um, at the time, I mean, any Japanese firms in Japan, mostly like our lunchtime is like 12, start at 12 and finish at one. So I mm. can't leave office if it's eleven fifty-five, um i really didn't like it um mm. i thought it was kind of stupid and so everybody from the office building goes to restaurants at 12 which means there are you know huge line in front of the restaurant and we waste probably 10 20 minutes <laughs> so we only have 40 minutes for the lunch time and i felt really annoyed um and I went to Venice for trip, uh, Venice in LA,
0: right?
1: And I was walking towards the beach, and the guys or people, women, you know, guys are like sitting at the beach, and they didn't really care about the time. And I, I thought like they don't even know what time it is, <laughs> they don't even have watch, you know. So mm. I felt like, wow, this is crazy. You know, we are living in the same same, you know, planet, but my life and their life are quite different. So I was really amazed and shocked. So that's the reason I wanted to come to the United States.
0: Mm, Okay, so I'm kind of curious a little bit too about, you know, this, this seems like it was really against, like, uh, the cultural norm, right, for you to just Mm -hmm. not want to deal with the strict rules. So what did you feel like, when, you know, you kind of felt finally like, okay, like, you know, this, this doesn't have to be my normal anymore.
1: Mm hmm. Um, yeah, my, my normal. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What's that mean again?
0: Yeah. So like, like, for example, right. Like you, you mentioned how the whole, like everything out there, when you go to lunch, like it's very strict, right. From 12 Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. one, everybody goes to lunch at that time. But for you, it was very different. You were like, okay, like there was a party that said, I don't want this to be my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So what were your feelings Mm -hmm. inside when you finally decided to say, you know what, like this, this isn't for me.
1: Yeah, I think I'm always like that since I was little, like at at Mm. elementary school, I, you know, when I have questions, I just wanted to raise a hand and I wanted to ask questions. But the teachers were always saying like, hey, you got to ask questions at the end of class. Mm. And by the time, you know, the class ends, it's like 45 minutes after I forget what I you know, and I lost you know, what they're saying. I I totally don't understand what they're saying. So I didn't like that system or the rules. Um, I felt always uncomfortable. So I guess since I was little, I always wanted to um, come to the United States. Hmm. So when I had a chance to come to the United States, I felt like, you know, it was like just the, I didn't feel anything. I just let's go.
0: Nice. Yeah, sounds like you were very curious and just really uh, rebellious, right? <laughs> um, so then, you know, when, when moving, right, between different countries, you know, it's not just like a physical reloc- relocation, but obviously there was some sort of cultural one as well. So how were you able to navigate the cultural differences? And, you know, were there any partic- particular aspects that stood out to you in the process?
1: Um, any cultural difference?
0: Yeah, so I mean of course there were going to be some, right? But like what were probably mm-hmm. some of the big ones if any that you had to face and you were like, "Oh man, like this is this yeah. is super different," right?
1: Yeah. Um the biggest cultural shock was um so when I used to live in Tokyo, um I go to you know, the the, the company I worked for, it was a really tall building. So, and our office was on 17th floor. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people, guys, the women go into the elevator and usually the women, like at at least how I felt was I go to the entrance, I mean, at the bottom area and I press the button and guys or the women, usually, you know, there are lots of guys in the office building. So guys say like, Hey, fifth floor. 10th floor, 11th floor, then I press the button and I leave the, you know, door open. And when they, when they go close it, I do that every day. I did that every day. Mm. Um, so that became my normal. And then I moved to New York. I was doing the same thing and it was the top of the building. I was still, you know, keep opening the door. And three guys are waiting for me to leave and I'm like hey can you can you just go and they're like no you go first it's like they felt awkward because you know lady first culture and I'm like but I felt like no 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 go and they felt really awkward and I go go and I felt like ah I see this is a you know um lady first culture I was really really shocked yeah
0: um, that's so interesting. So uh, do you still find, doing, like, find yourself doing that today? Like where you kind of serve as like the elevator person? Or do you feel like um, now you've broken completely from that?
1: I appreciate, you know, when guys do that for me. But at the same time, I have the, you know, I would like to keep the respect. So, yeah, I try. I mean, this is my habit now. <laughs> so I go right, there, right. I go to the button, but... It's more flexible, I would say.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um. So on that, I'm kind of curious to know. You know, when transitioning to the new country for both, um, for for work, right? You know, what was the big challenge when it came down to finding a career out here? Were you already did you already have one lined up, or were you like still looking when you moved out here? What was that process like for you?
1: Um. It was quite hard. Um, especially I moved to New York and uh, L.A. and Alvine. Um, So I started going to UCLA um, extension and took some classes. I guess that helped me to get a job. And luckily, there are, you know, there are Japanese firms. So I started with the Japanese firms um, so I could utilize, um, you know, Japanese and English, so yeah, that was good opportunity for me.
0: Mm, okay, and so you know, you're already saying that it was already kind of hard, right? So, you know, how were you able to find a balance between you know building this new career but also nurturing your personal life? You know, especially when these are your initial phases, um, you know, of settling in the U.S.
1: I feel um, the personal life, I can enjoy way more when i live in united states so Mm. you know i miss going back to japan you know family friends uh foods i really really miss japan going back to japan but the lifestyle here is way better the Mm. work-life balance so yeah that's one of the main reason why i am here
0: Mm. So you mentioned the work-life balance. So, you, in what ways were they different? I know you mentioned already that sometimes things were really strict over there, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like what what was better about it to you?
1: Um, mainly the number of uh, working hours. So mm. my friends, um, they work like really twelve hours, fourteen hours a day, even though they have kids. Um, So they seem really tired and they don't have personal life. Right.
0: Um,
1: so plus, um, yeah, the way they work is way more serious. (laughs) Like you have Mm -hmm. to reply email within 24 hours. Otherwise, you know, they think that I am a lazy, bad workers, um, so here, it's more relaxed. Um, yeah, I I guess that's the reason.
0: Mm, more relaxed. Yeah, you definitely sound like uh, you've taken in the California lifestyle, right? Of just being really chill and like by the beach, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so, yes.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. are you like often at the beach now that you're in California?
1: Yeah, I, I really go. Yeah, I love going to the beach like for the sunset. I love going for sunset.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I used to live in California before, right? And yeah, I, uh-huh. I used to live on the beach in Santa Barbara, where I went to school at UCSB. Um, uh-huh. And honestly, it was I, I took it for granted. I just loved being by the water. Then when I moved to Texas, I didn't really have that anymore. And now that I'm in New York, like it's it's kind of there. But you know, I, I really miss that like 70 degree weather where I'm just outside <sighs> just chilling by the beach, you know? Right, um, right. But yeah, so another question I had was I I know this from kind of a personal experience, right? Like when I moved to to Texas or to New York, like mm-hmm. I kind of came out here alone and by myself and you know, having a support system is really crucial during, you know, these significant mm. life changes. So, I wanted to ask who were the pillars of support for you during this transition and you know, how did they contribute to your adaptation and well-being?
1: Um I would say a few Japanese friends that I met in mm in LA, in New York, um, because, you know, they experience the same thing, like language uh, issues, um, you know, like, we don't know, we have no idea how the DM, DMV, DMW, DMV, DMV works. DMV, yeah. DMV works. Um, so they taught me how to, like, as an example, like, I wanted to buy a vacuum, I wanted to buy, you know, all the the little stuff but i don't know where to go i don't know what target sells you know so i have no idea so like i um i searched the internet where do, where do i get vacuum and like you know so it's it's really like everybody will understand like hey if it's medicine go to cvs but i didn't know so right. that was really really hard
0: yeah. And so now that you've kind of assimilated to everything, do you feel like you have a good understanding of like where you can get things and also like your favorite places to eat and things like that now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. The more you have knowledge and information, the more you feel comfortable and feel home.
0: hmm. Yeah. So now that you've kind of mentioned that and, and you can say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably feel a lot more comfortable now, right? So what mm-hmm. are some of your favorite places to go to since you've, it sounds like you've been in like the major big cities, right? Like New York, LA, like these are kind of like big hallmarks of, uh, you know, of the the US.
1: If it's in New York, uh, yeah, definitely Seattle's. I love theaters. Um Hot yoga studio um, that I was really loved. Um LA or California, definitely beach. Yeah, definitely beach. Um I love morning walk, uh sunset, hiking. Yeah. That's what I do in California.
0: And since you've been out here too, like, you know, what do you miss the most of Japan and do you often get a chance to go back to go do these things or visit these places?
1: Mm. I would say uh, Japan is quite clean, Um, the stations, like there's no trash, like you can lay down and sleep. It's really Mm -hmm. (laughs) clean. Um, Also, like, you don't need like most, most cases, you don't need to lock your bicycle because, you know, nobody steals. yeah I really like that and the service there is you know nice when I go to convenience stores like uh, two two people are usually saying like meaning like you know welcome Uh, very nice way Um, they're very serious about what they do but you know as a uh, the cons plus pros and cons cons is if I walk at in Japan, I have to do the same, which I don't want to, <laughs> so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so great to be customers, but as a worker, no, <laughs> does it right. make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah kind of, I guess what I'm getting at is like, yeah, you really, uh, it almost sounds like, yeah, it'd be great to kind of go and like, kind of be a tourist as opposed to like, you know, actually, actually being in the culture, right? Yeah. Um, how often do you get a chance to go back to Japan? And like, what are some like big things that you miss that you're like, oh, you know, like, um, maybe it's it's this kind of food that I don't get, or like, you know, I really love this specific place that you guys don't have here in the U.S. You know, what is that uh, like for you? Yeah, um,
1: I go back twice a, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so pretty often.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I always get the Japanese pasta, and oh. yeah, which I can't get it here, um. Like a carbonara, but a Japanese way. Um, hmm. has a uni, uni in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: uni, and
1: what's, what is that? Siajin, sorry, Siajin. Oh, siya-chin, siya-chin. Okay. And the carbonara pasta, which I love. Um, Ooh. and the onsen. It's a hot spring, yokan. A hot spring, like the hotel, Japanese style hotel, with, um, hot springs. Oh,
0: so which it's I love. like. It's so the hot spring is inside the hotel or the hotel which is built around the hot spring?
1: Uh inside a hotel. It's nice. a fact it. It's uh-huh. inside a hot bath, outside a hot bath. Love it. Uh it's especially in winter when it's snowing, it's super cold and you go outside, right? And sometimes you can bring the hot sake, you know, hot sake, Japanese sake, and drink hot sake in a really cold um outside is cold and have a right. nice hot bath love it i love
0: it oh my god yeah that sounds pretty relaxing like yeah. i mean i've i've never been to japan but i mean that definitely sounds like something i'm looking forward to um but yeah no i'm i i would love to talk to you a little bit more too about you know shifting gears a little bit back to your career so you know relocating for work often comes with like you know aspirations of career growth you know how has your professional journey really unfolded since moving to the united states right because you know one moment you're working for this security firm right in in Japan and then the next now you're involved in the uh like the restaurant industry why did you decide to change industries and like you know what what played a factor in that
1: I see okay <clears throat> so when i used to work at a security firm in Japan um i i always you know i was interested in economics um how economy works but, uh, I guess the security job doing, you know, working in front of the PC, you know, uh, building the models by Excel sheets. Mm. Um, that's interesting, but it was not, it, it didn't fit to my nature. So I was always looking for the job, like what, what kind of job can be, you know, fit to my nature my personality. Um, So I was always looking. And when I came to California, and I was interested in marketing, so I took the classes. And I was fascinated uh, by the branding, marketing, how we can, uh, you know, increase the value of products or service. Um, Then I got a job at the uh, Japanese restaurant chain Mm -hmm. and I worked as a um, marketing uh, first at the marketing department first but then um, I had opportunity uh, that I could move from marketing department to executive department uh, which means like I work with the CEO and the founder oh well yeah so that really changed so I learned how the founder or the the CEO sees company, and that company was growing company, um, amazing brand. So I really, really learned um, so much how we can create the company or grow the company because the com- when company grows. organization always need to grow, you know, change change the form and grow. Um, That was fascinating for me. So, and that's what I do now with this current job as well.
0: Right. Okay. So, you know, that's super interesting to me, right? Like you come here, you Take everything you have, and you just completely move to a new country. And you start off from the bottom and make your way all the way up to like, you know, being like shoulder to shoulder with like the CEO and like the founder and stuff. Right. So, can you talk to me a little bit about that experience? Like, you know, you said there was an opportunity for you that came up from being the uh, like working in the marketing department to now working with the founder. So, how did that opportunity come up? Like, what were you thinking when it came up? Did you feel like you were ready for it? Like, this was exactly the role that you wanted. Like, Can mm-hmm. you explain to me a little bit about that?
1: As uh, I looked at the marketing first, but of course, the founder and the CEO is, you know, like so many CEOs, um, founder, they are into branding, right? The, especially the founder. <laughs> right, so right, right. he was really passionate about uh, branding. And I learned next to him. And sorry, could you? What was the question?
0: Yeah, just like explaining a little bit about like, you know, what that was like when A, you started and B, like when you were now given this new role to start working mm-hmm. with the founder, you know, did you feel like you were ready for it? Like you were up to the task oh, or did you feel like, it. you know, maybe this was something you were going to have to grow into or something?
1: Yeah. um, i I was not ready at all. Because I had to do the translation as well for him. Because mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. um, he was not like English speaker. He was oh. from Japan. He didn't Rip. speak English much. So I had to translate for every conversation. And which I was not ready. But I really, really loved the brand. And I really wanted the company to grow Um, and uh, him to be successful as a founder of the company. So I had to do it. So I really, really, and I really wanted, I wanted to be like a bridge for between the Japanese founder and the American uh, co-workers. I mean, my co-workers. Uh So if they understand um, well, we can align and we can move forward. So my key, my role was to, for them to understand each other. So I had a passion and I was proud of what I was doing.
0: Yeah. So actually that was really interesting. So what about this made you feel so passionate about, like, you know, you talked about wanting to be this bridge, you know, what was your driving force behind wanting to be the bridge between, you know, these American coworkers and your founder from Japan?
1: Mm. I feel I feel that the founder really wanted to um, bring the delicious, fresh, authentic Japanese food to United States, and he had a great passion. He has great passions, and I understood, and he needed help, um, mm. you know, to translate for translation, and. He, it's almost like his dream became my dream and yeah and i was imagining if i can you know introduce the amazing japanese foods to the united states and they you know they understand how great japanese foods are that's something meaningful for me as well so yeah that became my dream
0: Nice. Okay, so you speak really highly of this, um, the, the founder, right? So mm-hmm. would you say like, he's kind of an inspiration to you? Like, you know, what, what what were these things that made you feel so passionate about his dream? Like, he must have been pretty, like, influential, right?
1: Yes. Oh, definitely. Um, he taught me how to, I don't know, this, this, he really learned, taught me that you know, being passionate. Cause I I was never ever been so passionate, but he mm. was passionate. Um. So actually, there are lots of um my coworkers who are like me. You know, um. One guy was telling uh the CEO. Um. You know, I went through the really difficult times, but you gave um me the opportunity to move forward and overcome so i was like wow (laughs) so i i i I think someone who has dream and tried to achieve i think a lot of people want to help the person Mm -hmm. so even though he could not speak english you know lots of people wanted to help him because right yeah yeah it's just uh, amazing
0: yeah, so on that too like so you mentioned how now he he brings out this part of you that has never felt passionate before, mm-hmm. right? So would you say that aside from this this um af- aside from work is there anything else that you're now passionate about now that you've kind of learned what it, what it, it is to feel very passionate about something?
1: I'm passionate about it's something I would like to do. Um so now i live in the united states and i feel more free i feel Mm. free and so i want to tell i want to i want to make i want to tell the japanese women in japan like hey you know there's a different ways of living
0: i'm not Mm. saying
1: the way they live is incorrect or wrong or correct or anything like that but I want to tell them there are different ways of living. And if you want to go for it, if you want to stay in Japan, that's great. But I want to tell them.
0: Mm. So pretty much you want to be that living example of like, hey, like you, you can also live a similar life to this. Or or what do you mean by that exactly?
1: Meaning um, it's hard to explain, but in Japan, the women's rights are not not exactly same as um men mm-hmm. so yeah um in politics um you know not so many women uh politicians right um so yeah i guess in the daily life i just feel i have i have it's easier for women to live in the united states so yeah in terms of career um i yeah i feel like women in japan they should they sh- should know like h- how to be treated in the mm-hmm. united states but if if they like to live in japan that's okay that's great but yeah. i want to offer them options hmm
0: so is there anything that you're doing right now that um you know is is reaching towards that goal like is there anything that you're doing in terms of like you know speaking to anybody out there like kind of telling them your story or like uh, yeah is there anything that you're doing at the moment to to kind of relay your story to uh, any other women in Japan
1: um no not right now mm. um that's the that's one of the reason why I recently went to Tony Robbins seminars Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I went through some uh uh stuff with my personal life for the last uh four or five years. Mm-hmm. I felt like I shouldn't be successful or I shouldn't you know I shouldn't um aim what i wanna do like mm. but now like after the seminar, I feel like. I should, I should do it. So I'm trying to do it.
0: Nice. Okay. So then, I mean, first off, like, I'm, I'm glad you kind of mentioned, you know, Unleash the Power Within with Tony Robbins. So I'm I'm actually kind of curious to learn, you know, what kind of things did you learn there that now made you feel so driven to really start coming up with the plan to, you know, getting your story out to the women of Japan?
1: Mm. So there's a one lady, I, I think it was, um, day one of the seminar she was saying um she has a dream and as a being a number one being a ceo she wants to um grow her company but at the same time she had a you know kind of like what do you call um because of her family situation she feels like she doesn't deserve to be successful or mm. you know achieve what she wants to do and i was so related to it re- relate to it and i felt like because i couldn't um i i felt like i couldn't succeed um making my loved one happy i feel like i don't deserve to be happy
0: and mm. i punish
1: myself intentionally i didn't even know but i felt like oh i i felt like i was doing that to me like i couldn't make my loved one happy i shouldn't be happy i shouldn't be happy but i kind of like untouched to the belief so i felt like you know what i'm gonna be happy i want to be happy so i will achieve my goal yeah that's how i felt
0: I mean, first off, you know, like, thanks for, for sharing that. And also, too, I just wanted to mention, you know, that's that's actually part of the large reason why I started this podcast as well. Right. Because mm-hmm. just like you're saying, it's so important for people to hear stories of other people, because, you know, for all we know, like, I don't know if you remember the conversation with um, I believe her name was Jamie Kern Lima. Right. How she was talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, that. Sometimes people just need to hear certain stories, right, like whether it was you know the woman out there that needed to hear that she she can do it whatever she wanted to do or the the guy that was that needed to know like he deserves to be loved or whatever the case may be right that's that's kind of what i'm I'm trying to do, right, so you know I appreciate you even coming on to share your story mm-hmm. because I think you know hopefully with luck there's there's someone out there that can hear it and you know say, hey you know i I also have what it takes to go out and just just live my life just totally uproot." and go somewhere else or, you know, that I have what it takes to, you know, say that I just deserve to be happy and just, you know, deserve to chase my passion. Right. So on that, like, I am kind of curious too. you shattered this limiting belief. And now you have this new belief of like, hey, I deserve to be happy, I need to achieve my goal. So I'm curious to see, you know, what kind of things are you now putting into motion? Right? Like, how, how are you starting to think about, you know, sharing your story? with the women of Japan or even just making yourself happy?
1: Um, doing, doing, um, creating social media and started, um, showing how, you know, how I live in the United States, Mm. um, and tell the women in Japan, you know, how we can have a great life. Um, believe in them, like that, you know, the lady, um, she said like we gotta believe in us right so i'm i'm, I'm actually reading her book now
0: oh um, uh, worthy
1: yeah i uh, the the first one
0: <laughs> oh um, the, not the
1: worst um, uh the worthy the first one believe uh-huh.
0: it oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so oh. yeah i'm reading that now um yeah she's really really inspirational um yeah, I want to do the kind of, you know, same thing for Japanese women.
0: Hmm. That's honestly, like, first off, truly amazing. But even the goal itself, like, it's so, it's just so epic, right? To wanting to help all of these people, or all these women out in Japan. I'm sending you all the energy I can possibly give you. And hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe someone from Japan listens to this and understands, like, you know, hey, like, I, I can also live a, a different life, right, mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um so I kind of want to jump back a little bit. These life-changing moves can sometimes bring like unexpected discoveries. So were there aspects of yourself or your surroundings that you discovered in the process of moving to U.S.? Like maybe there was something that you didn't know, like that was in you that you finally discovered why you were here. Right, like obviously, one of these things might be the passion that you have for wanting to, you know, live a different life and share that with other women in Japan. But Mm -hmm. you know, was there anything else that you felt like kind of made itself known when you went through all all of these transitions?
1: I would say, when I used to live in Japan, I did not like Japan much Mm. because of all the. um rules how they think um how we need to dress there i felt like really you know tight i feel like i i got to go i got to go somewhere um mm. outside of japan but i really do appreciate uh i was really i am proud that i am from japan uh japan is such a beautiful country and I didn't know how passionate I was for Japan to be a better country, so yeah, because I enjoy living in America, I want to I'd like to um influence Japan positively so that from outside of Japan I can do something to make them happier in japan Mm, right yeah i think that's my role
0: Mm, i love that yeah especially too because i mean you know you you sound like like your heart is still there right it's not like you've completely moved and you're like oh you know I, i don't love japan anymore like i'm glad i got out of there it's more so like hey like i've experienced this something else this difference in america but, like i I would love to give back as much as I can because that is my home, right, yeah, so on that, I'm curious to see you know for those people that are out there currently you know navigating a similar journey, you know, maybe they're also thinking about uprooting from one country moving to another, trying to figure out what their passion is, you know, what advice do you have or words of wisdom for these people, you know, like if you were to talk about you know, maybe, maybe again, maybe there's a little girl in Japan thinking the same thing, right? About, like, you know, trying to figure out whether she wants to leave because mm-hmm. she saw somebody at Venice Beach on her trip, right? <laughs> like, what, what would you tell this person?
1: I would say um, people say, like, all the risks and, you know, don't do that. You can't do it. Just ignore. Just ignore them because mm. that's not right for you you know even though they you know they might be your loved ones you know family best friends just ignore ignore just move forward what you want to do what you believe and even though you can't speak english doesn't matter just go Mm. and it's gonna be hard but there are lots of Japanese people in the world or other, you know, uh, people from different countries, they can help you. So just follow your gut and go.
0: Oh, honestly, Yuko, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, and lastly, before we, uh, we end, so... Typically, before I end the show, I always ask, um, you know, a random question, just as a form of like a palate cleanser, you know, and sometimes just to keep you on your toes, right? Okay. Uh, so the question that I have for you is: uh, name a song that makes you instantly want to dance. So what would that song be?
1: Um, it's a Japanese one. It's a uh, Awich. It's a it's a really um, famous singer, uh, mm-hmm. hip hop singer in Japan. She's awesome. She's like my uh, um yeah she's I'm a very like a big fan of her and uh yeah like all of her songs I dance I dance and sing in at the car
0: So okay so then what's what's like one of your favorite songs and um yeah what was sorry her, her name was was A-Witch
1: Yeah, her name is witch. Um oh, I can't remember the title. <laughs> I I it slipped my mind now. Yeah. What's um, <laughs> I don't remember, sorry.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, how how does it go? Like, do you have a line that where you like, you can kind of, you know, let's hear the singing a little bit, maybe the rapping.
1: Just... <laughs> sorry, I can't, sorry, I can't sing. No, okay,
0: that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, before we also leave, is there anywhere that people could find you? Like you talked about creating a social media for, you know, um, to start your influence for these women of Japan. Uh, do you have that out now? Can people find you online?
1: yeah um yuko sasaki um that's the n ig instagram
0: mm, okay so you heard it guys uh again yuko thank you so much for your time i appreciate it and uh yeah thanks
1: thank you thank you so much Luis.
0: thank you for tuning in to the bottom left pane if you enjoyed our journey into the unseen stories today don't forget to follow us on social media at bottom left pane on tiktok youtube and instagram you can subscribe to our show on any platform where you get your podcast to ensure you never miss an episode and if you're interested in supporting the production of our show consider checking out our patreon even a contribution as little as a dollar a month can make a huge difference thank you for your support and for joining us in uncovering the hidden chapters of life and remember sometimes the most profound stories are the ones we've never heard before